Welcome to Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Larry Evans, Michael Downs, and Jim Ruddle. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Evans, along with my co-host, Jim Ruddle. Uh, Michael will not be able to join us today, but he's here with us in spirit. So thank you for joining us. So today it's just me and the chump. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the... uh gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, a fucking geek. A, a fucking like. geek. A geek, exactly, like all right? But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> goddamn work making something this pretty look like a chump. So, Mr. Chump. <laughs> I'm actually going to have to try to hold up a little more of this podcast today, and I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to do just fine. So... So we had our home draft this weekend. Um, this was the first time that we were all together in person in three years. And it was epic. It is always just a great time when we all get together. It just, you know, it, it solidifies that bond be, between everybody. And, uh, you know, we always have a great time, you know, food, um, you know, great, uh, you know, conversations and, of course, a lot of alcohol. Um, so, uh, Jim, what were your thoughts? Well, big, big shout out to you and, and your wife, Lisa, for always hosting this event. It's always the best day of the year. Um, yeah, you can't stress the importance if you can do it of especially if you're going to do a dynasty league and you're playing with the same players over and over again to have that one get together every year. Cause I mean, like this year, our, our draft started at 6 PM. If would, if slick would uh, show up uh, on time, we'd be able to uh, <laughs> maybe have a couple early discussions beforehand, but we actually spent a good half an hour discussing rule changes this year. We don't always do that, but we actually had an in-depth conversation and we got to have everybody's views on what they felt. We are, our, our, the main focus was, we keep 10 keepers every year. Should we move that up to 12? Maybe should we move it down? And after going round and around and everybody had their say, we just figured out the same, what we've been doing for the last 15 years or so, 10 is the right number. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, kind of the conversation really that where it went is some people said, you know what, I've got more than 10 that I would like to keep. And, and there's other people that said, you know what, I struggle to get 10 every year, you know, that I would like to keep. But the bottom line is, is that that talent wasn't going to go back into the draft pool anyway. I mean, if somebody had more than 10, um, and the limit was 10 or they had more than 12 and the limit was 12, no matter what those, those people with that talent are going to trade away that talent instead of letting it just go back into the draft class anyway. So, right. And that's where I think 10 the number because it's not a full team. If you have a very strong team from the year before, well, you get to keep 10, but if you got 14 guys that sparks the trade market and that's what keeps everything fun. Trades are fun. Yeah, so uh, just to kind of give you guys a little uh, update on our draft. So again, we keep 10 players. Um, we're able to trade draft picks. So, you know, not everybody has picks in those first, you know, one, two, three, four, maybe even five rounds because uh, of the trades that have happened over numerous years. And I think we open it up to where you can start trading draft picks from four years out, three years out. 
three years out. Okay. 20, 25 is the limit this year because I traded okay. both my first and second round picks from 2025 already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, I, I don't want to go into each and every um, round of the draft, but I will say that, you know, the, the top of the draft went just as expected. Brees Hall was number one, Kenneth Walker number two, Damian Pierce number three. And then, you know, at that point, you didn't know which way it was going to go, right? So uh, James Cook went next. Uh, George Pickens went right after that. Brian Robinson um, right after that at 1-6. Drake London at 1-7. Isaiah Pachenko at 1-8. Uh, Alan Lazard actually jumped into the first round there at 1-9. And then Chris Olave at 1-10. So, yeah, it's, un- it's unusual when vets in our draft way, it- it's unusual for vets to go in the top in the top round. It's usually a rookie draft, a standard rookie draft for the first round and a half. And it makes sense for, for Lazard to move up in there. Right. Because I mean, Oh no, the, for sure. The, the thought is that he is going to kind of take over that quote unquote, um, you know, role that was vacated by Devonte Adams. So, you know, if in fact he does that, that pick works out. You know, so oh, I yeah, I've got no doubt. It's just usually in our format when you keep ten guys, those guys, those veterans that are useful, those are usually the focus of our trade market the last two weeks before our draft. So it it's very unusual that there's somebody still of that caliber out there for somebody to draft. But that and I'm going to go into this later. How friggin' deep wide receiver is this year? You know, it's going to be a tough call, man. There's a million guys to be had, but there's only so many guys that can get the ball. So we're going to find out when the season starts. Yeah. So, um, so, so rather than going, you know, round by round through our draft, I figured that what we would do is just kind of go to uh, football guys has a rate my team. So, um, you know, you go ahead and sync up your league with, football guys you could do the rate my team and it'll tell you based on not only the draft but what keepers you had going into it as well how how they rank your team Um, and then it'll actually if you go into each report it kind of tells you a breakdown of all right you know with good management you know you have this percentage to make the playoffs with great management you have this percentage to make the playoffs and I don't know that we want to go into that depth but if we just kind of look at it here um let's just let's start out with you know mine and Mike's and and Jim's teams as far as the ranking and then we can kind of go into the rest of the league as well to kind of show where you know where they were at so um Mine, it gave me an A-plus on the um, draft rating. And again, I think a lot of that had to do more so with my keepers going into it than the way that I drafted. But it gave me an A-plus. Same thing with Mike. It gave Mike an A-plus. And again, a lot of that had to do with the you know, with the roster that he had going into it as keepers. But, you know, um, he drafted very, very well. Um, I honestly Mike, think you got, you guys got the best two guys in the draft. Mike got Brees Hall. You got George Pickens. I mean, that to me, that, I mean, that, add, that was your plus onto your A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Jim, you got a plus as well. Um, yours was a D plus. <laughs> so it said, uh, the, the, the thing it said is as reaching above ADP, but, uh, you know, again, 
it takes into account not only your draft, but then also what your keepers were. Right. So it's a, it says that you have strength at your team defense, your kicker, and then your quarterback position. Um, and, and it's showing weakness at running back, wide receiver, and tight end. But again, you know, like that's based on their their rankings. So potentially with you know, injuries or just how the guys play. I mean, it could very well outperform all of that. Well, right. And the way my draft broke down, I didn't start picking until the fourth round. I had two guys in mind. They're both wide receivers, but I think wide receivers that are going to be huge talents and huge fantasy producers, maybe not right away, but this year and next year, this year, KJ Osborne and next year, Nico Collins. I was sitting on it. I was just praying I could have one of those two guys. When it got to be my turn, there was so many wide receivers taken. Those guys were both still there that I ended up taking because defenses started going off the board. I took Dallas's defense because I thought I just saw the opportunity to be to have one of the best at a, at a position rank and waited on the guys that I wanted until the fifth and sixth round and was able to get them there. And there's still a million wide receivers out there. Yeah, so uh, after the draft, there were a couple of trades that occurred. So this also is taking those trades into account as well because I do see some grades on here that changed from the other night to today. So there were you know, a couple of big trades that happened between um, four of the different teams. So there, that kind of takes in that into account. So if we kind of look at this, uh, Lightning Strikes, um, their team graded out at a C, and it says, you know, truff, trusting NFL draft pedigree. Um, bad card is showing as a D plus reaching above ADP, but again, his was much higher the other day, but then based on a trade, it, it, it downgraded a little bit. Oh, is that um, after the Aaron Jones trade? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So then rooks, um, they were at an a minus and it says, are you sure this isn't a dynasty team? And, and it is, um, you know, like I said, it doesn't take that stuff into account. Uh, Pinnacle's Prisoners, uh, they ended up with a B minus, and it says ground and pound, um, which uh, wow. that, that I'm surprised by because, you know, based on the draft, if I could sum up the draft the other night in just a series of a couple of words, it would be, what does that guy do? <laughs> because after almost every draft pick, after the shots were flowing, somebody would say, what does that guy do? And it's like, okay, <laughs> that guy plays wide receiver for this team. And there were so many times I wanted to say, this guy plays second base for the Yankees. Um, <laughs> and they would have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, right. wrong book. So then uh, Strange Brew, um, they ended up with an A+. Um, and again, this is somebody who uh, their keepers going into it were just phenomenal as well. Uh, league doormat ended up with a C plus. Um, he had a good draft. Um, we went over mine and Mike's already, uh, sofa King, so sofa King. Good. So, you know, go ahead and figure out that name. The best um, name on, in our, in our league. <laughs> <laughs> um, he ended up with an A plus and again, he had a, a, a good set of keepers, but you know, uh, had a good draft as well. And it says relying on the pass catching big guys. Um, which I, you know, I'm kind of hurt. I thought that mine was going to say that. 
<laughs> you know, I, I like those pass catching big guys. And, and if Mike was here, that's where he would say something about swiping right. So <laughs> below the way, swiping right. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and then disposable heroes. We already went over here, his as well. So, um, you know, all in all, good draft by everybody. Um, just a, a, just a ton and ton of fun. I mean, getting together for the draft. I just can't say enough about that. Um, there are so many, besides the draft, there are just so many memories that are made and so many laughs that are had um, that that it's it's not even funny. And, and again, like Jim said, a big shout out to my wife. She is the one that um, does the draft software so that way it takes some stress off of me and I can actually draft my team and enjoy it as opposed to, having to, um, you know, manage the draft along with then having to draft my team also. So, yeah, it wouldn't feel right if, you know, we, we were able to actually do the draft or like on our phone or whatever, but if I'm not shouting out the names to Lisa, then it's not even a draft to me. So that's just kind of a tradition, <laughs> a tradition that I won't let go of for as long as we can. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, uh, anything else to add on the draft before we move on? Uh, yeah, well, I traded, I, I got a lot of slack. I traded my second round 2025 pick for a backup quarterback for Matt Ryan. Like the draft was going the way I wanted it to, but then I took my two wide receivers. I probably could have waited. But everybody started taking quarterbacks and all of a sudden I was the only guy without a, a backup quarterback. I, I just felt, you know, five shots in, I kind of felt the need that I, that was the one thing that I needed from this draft to be happy with it and went and did it. And I'm completely satisfied. I, I did the research. Matt Ryan has a great matchup against Washington uh, on Mahomes' bye week. So that's really all I need. And if Mahomes were to go down, Ryan, I'm not going to win anything with Matt Ryan as my QB1, but at least it would keep me competitive. I, I'm going to go ahead and defend that move as well because, again, with the with the keepers that were kept out there as far as quarterbacks were concerned and what was available in the draft – um, I ended up trading um, my third pick next year and a, I don't know, eighth or ninth round. Yeah, pick something in, conditional in this on top draft. of, yeah. No, no, in, in this draft um, to get Kirk Cousins. Um, because again, just kind of looking at the value at, at, at quarterback there and the big drop off between a couple of names, um, you know, at that point, I felt that was, that was the right move. You know, so uh, yeah, I'm going to defend your action there. I mean, um, quite honestly, that that was like the one thing that I Blake went and took Kenny Pickett, and my whole my what I was going to do was take Kenny Pickett as my second quarterback, and then take whoever was left at third. But once he took Pickett, that kind of sent my whole quarterback strategy spiraling, and I that's where I felt I had to play catch up. All right. Well, so that, that kind of recaps our draft there. So then, uh, you know, before we jump into this next segment, let's go ahead and check the, the music charts here. So, uh, wow, would you look at that, Jim? Dude, is, one! We got one there! Here is the number one song in Indonesia. Champ, 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 champ
<laughs> All right, dude. So let's go I'm ahead. telling you, man. We'll get we'll get more of Europe if we ex- if we have an extended cut. I'm telling you, it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, get get some get some rapping in there. Get some of the get out of the way bitch in there. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of country twang on the on, on the side. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into waiver wire targets for week one. So depending on the size of your league, uh, some of the players that we mentioned may or not may or may not be available in your league based on the size and uh, of not only your league but the roster sizes, right? So we're not going to go into you know too many. This is week one. You guys just drafted your teams. You should be set pretty much at all these positions, but you may have you know a, a little bit of a weakness at one or two spots. So um, we just figured we'd keep this one uh, pretty brief. So right. as far as quarterbacks are concerned, just looking at the matchups out there, Jameis Winston, he kind of jumps off the page because he's playing against Atlanta in week one. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a good streamer for week one. Yeah, there, I mean, we're basing this off of, if you've got your starting quarterback, you should be starting your starting quarterback week one regardless, almost. But in the draft, a PPR draft I just did last Tuesday, where everybody basically just drafted one quarterback. So the amount of quarterbacks on the waiver wire, it was just huge. Jameis Winston might have been drafted, but probably not. His ADP was right around 18 or 19. He's playing Atlanta this week. I have Russell Wilson as my starting quarterback in that league, and I was even questioning whether I should switch it just for one week. Because this, I smell a fucking James Winston five touchdown, uh, you know, I you know showing him he's back. Only, but it's a one week thing. It's a, it's an aberration and it's just trying to catch that lightning in the bottle for this one week. He's the only guy I would even consider pivoting off of Russell Wilson with. Yeah. And I, and, and yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I struggled with, uh, you know, do I put, uh, Alave in my slot posi- or my uh, flex position just to see if I can capitalize off of that, but I just, I just can't do that. <laughs> really? And that, that's what we're talking about. Everybody's got their starting lineups. It's, but you know, your flex position usually is going to come down to that week's matchup. So, I mean, these the guys we're going to talk about next, if one of your options gets hurt, these are guys, if you're questioning the, you know, the other option that you have, these are guys that you can go to possibly as a flex position. Yeah, don't go don't go too nuts based on the matchup, right? If you if you want to play matchups, play best ball, um, or you know, right. uh, not best ball, but uh, you know, DFS. You know, get out there and put a DFS lineup or two in, um, and take advantage of that you know Chris Olave matchup against um, Atlanta, as opposed to going ahead and saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to move," you know, this guy out of my flex and put you know Chris Olave in there. You know, it's like, all right, don't 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 go too nuts. Just play some DV- DFS yeah. in there. Yeah, it's getting a little crazy when you're doing that stuff week one. But yeah. flex is usually a matchup-based position, at least in my in my experience, fl- unless you, you just loaded. Flex is usually where, you, if you're looking at position or uh, matchup bases, that's where you're looking at it at. Yeah. So then uh, moving on to the running back position, um, we have Mike Davis is a good option out there based on the injuries that they have in Baltimore and based on the fact that J.K. Dobbins may not be, you know, 100 percent full go. And and who knows how they're going to go ahead and limit touches if they're going to limit touches. But we know definitely that Mike Davis is going to be uh, heavily involved there. So I think that he's a good option. Um, Yes. 
you know, we Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are options as well. Miles Sanders is, is back at practice. He's been held out of practice the last couple of weeks or few weeks with a hamstring injury and supposedly he's back 100%. But again, with those hamstring injuries, you just never know. I mean, he could re-aggravate that hamstring injury, you know, two plays into it, five plays into it. You know, he could make it through the whole game. But, you know, these are guys that may or may not be out there in your league that you can go ahead and, and you know, um, pick up and, and, you know, put in there that may or may not do good for you. I would definitely not recommend Boston Scott, but possibly Kenneth Gainwell. That being um, said, no, just like we were talking about, though, Miles Sanders in that PPR, my flex was in question. I could either, I'm starting a lot of Broncos and I kind of, don't I don't really like that Denver Seattle matchup. Uh, it's going to be entertaining to watch Russell Wilson play the Seahawks. I don't know fantasy wise how good of a game that's going to be. And in that league, I have Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, and Cortland Sutton. I'm kind of pivoting away from Cortland Sutton, and so I had questions at a flex. I have no. I'm hoping beyond hope Miles Sanders plays that game. Right now, he's in my starting lineup for Week One, playing against Detroit. I love that matchup for him. Yeah, and we it, and we we can get more into those start sit matchups, um, you know, later in the week when we go over our start sits. Yeah, no, my point was Sanders has the matchup. I'm playing him, but if for some reason he doesn't make it to week one, or if you're iffy, Gainwell's probably the guy to go to next. Yeah, yeah. So then another guy that that may or may not be out there on your waiver wire is Mark Ingram. Um, so you know, again, we know that uh, Alvin Kamara is the number one guy there. He should dominate those touches, but Mark Ingram will still be involved. And and as we saw during the preseason, where Kamara had a big run and got tackled at the you know four or five yard line, you know they put Mark Ingram in, and he just goes ahead and plows into the end zone for the touchdown. So. You know, there's a, there's that possibility as well. And if game script goes like the way I think it's going to go, Kamara is definitely going to get his in the beginning. But this is the type of game if they've got a big lead, Ingram would be there to just grind them out, and should, it could potentially have a really big fantasy day, just just in the time of just them trying to run out the clock. Oh, absolutely, both of those running backs, but yeah, especially Ingram because he's more of the ground and pound. Right. Um, and then, you know, looking at Washington, uh, you know, Brian Robinson, for those of you that drafted a little bit, a little bit early, you may have Brian Robinson on your roster and Antonio Gibson or J.D. McKissick may, may have went undrafted. Um, so they're definitely an option for week one, um, especially given the fact that Washington plays against Jacksonville. So uh, yeah, maybe one of those guys. This game kind of intrigues me. I have no idea which way this this game could go one million different ways. But, I mean, Jacksonville's defense is supposed to be improved. But, yeah, some getting Washington's running back, good spot. Yeah. So then if we move on to wide receiver, there's, there's a couple guys out here, you know, a handful of guys out here that uh, may or may not be available on your waiver wire that could potentially uh, have some value here in week one. So a couple of them are actually rookies. So Jalen Tolbert with Dallas, he could be uh, out there and be used because at this point, Michael Gallup is still um, not supposed to play. He's practicing. They, they're very positive. He wasn't put on the pup list, pup list, but they're saying very, very doubtful that he's going to suit up for week one. 
Yeah, and even if he does, he's probably not out there for the entire game, right? You know, he's probably out there for a few plays just to see, all right, how how did, how's his knee going to hold up? Right. You know, so then uh, another rookie that should be heavily involved in week one is Wandale Robinson from the Giants. So Giants are playing against Tennessee, which is not an easy matchup. But, man, it seems like the Giants, I mean, all of their wide receivers are, are dinged up right now, except Wandale Robinson. So, you know, he's yeah. definitely a guy. They got to throw somebody. Yep. And then the the next guy I have down here is A.J. Green. So with A.J. Green, you know, he's not a, a sexy name at all. They play against Kansas City, so they're going to have to put up some points. And right now, um, there's some doubt around Rondell Moore. Um, some injury came up this week, and he may or may not play. And even if he does play, again, it, it's one of those things where is he going to make it through the entire game? Um, so... A.J. Green is definitely an option there for you. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Kansas City, Arizona qualifies as a game where you start everybody. Not, you know, if you have a decision to make, and I I would definitely lean toward this game for fantasy stats. Okay, so still in this game, but flipping over to the other side, um, McCole Hardman. So McCole Hardman may be a guy that, uh, you know, went undrafted just due to the the number of wide receivers that are out there. But, you know, from what I'm hearing, he's the number two guy in, in Kansas City right now. Um, you know, you talk about a guy that has been disrespected this offseason. Off he's not going to be Tyreek Hill, but there's a really, really big chance he's the favorite guy for Patrick Mahomes this year. Yeah, he's definitely other than flown- Kelsey. Yeah, he's definitely flown under the radar, right? I mean, with all the names that they brought in and the speculation, um, not only with, you know, free agent and and rookie wide receiver that they drafted, all that speculation on who's going to be number one, who's going to get this, who's going to get that, you know, and and this is the guy that has been there. Um, Granted, he hasn't performed great, but, you know, again, he was, you know, third on the pecking chart, you know, so. Yep. you know, he, he's definitely a guy, this is going to be a shootout, and he definitely has the speed to get behind that defense. So if yeah. he's out there, he, he's he's a guy that you can pick up and use. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Juju, but Hardman's just as got a good a case as anybody for being Patrick's guy. Yeah. So then um, we'll, let's move on to tight end and kind of staying in that same game, uh, Trey McBride. So Trey McBride for Arizona, he's a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends are, are not known to do, you know, great things. But right now, Ertz is hurt, um, and he may not play in this game. So if that's the case, just kind of kind of watch and see. But, I mean, if Ertz can't go, um, McBride is the guy to put in there. Yeah, and, and for all Zach Ertz owners out there, this is the situation you're going to run into owning him with McBride behind you never know. It, all it's going to take is one injury for Ertz for McBride to take over and for, for Murray to fall in love with him. So he might, if you have Ertz, he might be worth a pickup in a stash. No, that, that's, that's very true. So then um, another tight end that uh, it, I'm sure this guy is out there. I, I just can't see anybody that would have drafted this guy at all, but it is Mercedes Lewis. So with Green Bay Packers. Um, right now, Robert Tanyan is still hurt. And, um, you know, Mercedes Lewis is going to be the man and they're playing against Minnesota this week. So, again, with, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with the targets in Green Bay, 
you know, um, probably not a bad guy to have because he's yeah. one of the guys that uh, Rogers is familiar with. Uh, it's just one of those, uh, you don't know where Rogers is going to go. I put Mercedes Lewis kind of in the same class as Reggie Cobb, or Randall Cobb, excuse me. You know, an older guy, an older veteran that Rogers has played multiple seasons with, and Rogers trusts him. So if Rogers gets in trouble, he might go to these guys first. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So then, if we if we move on to you know defenses and kickers, so um, you know we've got I'm some the chump. streaming. I, I'm the chump, so I'll take over defenses and kickers because right. these are the chump positions. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Well, just looking at the matchups and. I didn't even know if we were going to include kickers and defenses here, but streaming defenses and streaming kickers is definitely a strategy. Meaning you look at the games, you look at your waiver wire and you just, you don't draft anybody there. You just kind of switch week to week and try to get the best matchup you can. As far as streaming defenses go. And I brought this up because I actually, in that PPR league, I had drafted Minnesota. Minnesota's playing green Bay this week. Not a bad matchup knowing that Rodgers doesn't know who his targets are. But when I saw that the Cleveland Browns were still out there in a revenge game against Baker Mayfield, you know, Cleveland Cleveland's defense knows that if they're going to win games this year, they have to carry that team, at least until Jacoby Brissett gets comfortable. They're going to have to carry that game, and I know they, they have, there's a definite disrespect with Baker Mayfield there. The game's in Carolina. I usually, when I stream defenses, I don't like having the road team. I'm going to make this the exception. I think they're going to come after and just harass ba- Baker Mayfield all game. Uh, a, a couple others that I like this week. Uh, Denver. I just like their defense. They've got everything that you need. Uh against the Seattle and probably I'll be when I stream defenses I'm going to be looking to see who plays Atlanta who plays Seattle New Orleans was probably drafted in your in your uh in your league Denver might still be out there though because they're in that high scoring division their matchup with Seattle this week they might put a hurting on on uh whoever starts a quarterback for Seattle and the third team I got on here is Jacksonville strictly because I think they're going to be, while I'm not going to put them in with the top defenses, they should have a really good pass rush this year. And Carson Carson Wentz doesn't react well to pass rushes. If they can't protect them, Jacksonville's defense could have a big game this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm going to throw one more out there as well, and that's Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going to throw Baltimore out there. I mean, Baltimore's playing against the New York Jets, and... um, you know, Baltimore's defense had a lot of injuries last year. I, I expect them to just come out of the gate, just firing on, on all cylinders here, especially against a New York Jets um, offense that really hasn't proven much of anything. And, and they've got a backup quarterback in there. They got Joe Flacco. And if you don't <laughs> think Baltimore wants to pound his ass in retirement, you're wrong. Especially just like you said, they're going to want to come out on fire this year because they were so bad. Yeah. But no, yeah. good pick. I like that. All right. So then uh, let's move on to the kickers. I'm just going to mention a couple kickers here. And these are actually guys that I like as all year round kickers that might not be going, getting drafted. I really like Brandon McManus in Denver this year. With that all around team, he gets to kick in the altitude in Denver, especially if you get bonus points uh, for extra long kicks, for distance kicks. Brandon McManus in Denver and Matt Prater in Arizona. Those guys have cannon legs on really good offenses or what should be really good offenses. 
those are two guys I would just want to point out as options when you get past the top five kickers in the league. All right, so no Ray, no Ray Finkel? <laughs> no Ray Finkel, no. Oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, we should mention the nerd. Oh, yeah. On, yeah. on Indy, I, you know, I, Jonathan Taylor's going to punch in touchdowns, but you don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be able to throw them in. So what's the nerd's name again? Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. There you go. There's my number three on the list. Yeah, Rodrigo Blankenship is is definitely a guy. And then here's another streaming kicker that I really like um, is, uh, and and for the life of me, I just can't remember his name right now. But Good, it is I'll the save guy, you. It's a guy from <laughs> Miami. Oh, Jason Sanders. Yes, yes, Jason Sanders. I really like he, him. Yeah, in an offense where you don't know who's going to score the touchdowns, that, that might be a field goal machine there this year. So, so here, I, I wanted to get into this real quick. I, I just went out to ESPN.com and I went to their week one, uh, week one schedule of the NFL. And, mm-hmm. and there's something, there's, there's something that jumped out on me here. It actually lists ticket prices. So it's showing, you know, all the different matchups and, and what network they're on and stuff like that. And then it says tickets as low as, if you had to guess, Jim, what would you think the highest, lowest ticket price would be out there? The highest, lowest ticket price. So yeah, so this tickets is for, as this low is as. What's, what's the, the highest? All, all, all 14 venues that are hosting games this week? Yes, yeah. I'm going to say the highest will be L.A. Yeah, well, you, you would be wrong. The highest is Chicago. So what? San, San Francisco at Chicago tickets as low as $212 and for the bear game. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of that just has to be all those damn taxes <laughs> in, in the Cook County area. Well, no, of course. And you know what? And part of, part of watching the bears though, you want to, if you're going to go and especially spend those prices, you're going to want decent weather. Yeah. So I mean, there's these these games in September and October are almost like premium price games. I, that's my guess. I wouldn't pay ten bucks to go watch the Bears play uh, at, the, 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 at Soldier Field. The next highest one is Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, one hundred and eighty nine dollars. So you know, I mean, that one I I can see a little bit more because it's a division rival, but man, that's something else. Now, what do you think the lowest is? I will say. I believe Detroit. I'm going to say Detroit. I believe they're hosting a game this week. They they are. They're hosting Philadelphia, and and theirs is right. pretty low, but it's not the lowest. The, Who's the lowest? The lowest out there is Indianapolis at Houston. Tickets oh. as low as twenty two bucks. Wow. I mean, you, you probably spend more twenty two bucks. You, you probably spend more at the concession stand than you do for the ticket price. Dude, that's cheaper than going to the fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's something what? else. I mean, and, and then right, right, the the next one higher up than that is Jacksonville at Washington at thirty eight dollars. I was gonna say Washington, damn it, but Detroit. I thought with the way that their fan base has been, but you know what that that speaks to me, Lair, the loyalty of or the, the that's almost ranking the football towns. How, how loyal the fan base is. Now, I mean, as shocking as it is to hear that the Bears, this, this is a Bear town. And I, I guess it really shouldn't surprise me at how expensive those tickets are. And then to have Pittsburgh next, 
it, it just shows the loyalty. And Houston, I mean, I could see with as bad as they've been the last three years, people just getting pissed off and them just basically giving away the tickets for free. It, it, it does speak to that. It speaks to the fan base, but it also speaks to, you know, you got to kind of know the, the I guess, the political environment in the towns that you're in and stuff like that. And, and Chicago is a very unionized town. And also just, I mean, they just gouge everybody to death on taxes, right? So it's like, yes. you almost wonder how much of that $212 is taxes, Right. It's probably $60 face value, to be honest, <laughs> after Ticketmaster and state taxes. You're right, man. Yeah, yeah. But that's, um, how, that's how uninterested I am to going. I would love to go see a Packer game. Those I would think I've been to Lambeau Field before. That's fun, even though I'm not a Packer fan. But I have zero interest in going to Soldier Field, even if Mahomes was there. And I was promised a VIP meet and greet beforehand. I don't know. I don't even think I would pay to go see that. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've actually been to a game. And and the reason for that is you just, to me, you miss so much at the game compared to what you see on TV. And, and, and kind of on the flip side of that, there's things that you actually see at the game, you know, but it's like, you know, all those TV timeouts and everything. It's like, you know, I, I would much rather be in the comfort of my own home. And the games that I did go to last I would either try to go to a home opener or I would try to go to like a Monday night game against a division rival. And and those, the atmosphere of that game really kind of outweighed what I was going to miss by watching it at home. And that's actually, now that you mention it, I, I've always wondered, when did I stop being a Bear fan? And now that you you're, we're talking about this, I can remember the exact point it was. It was in, the, you know, not exactly the date or the game. I just remember being in Soldier Field. The weather wasn't that bad. It was nice. It was nice to be out and watching a game. But I remember caring more about what was going on outside of the Bear game because what was happening to my fantasy team at that point. And there weren't cell phones. No, you know, there was no means of looking something up on your own. You were completely reliant on the stadium scoreboards which would give you information a half hour late. And that just wasn't good. And that's when I decided, you know, I love fantasy football. I don't need to be a team's fan anymore. I'll be a player's fan. Yeah, I can tell you exactly. I, I don't know exact the exact date, but it was probably two years into Dave Wanstat. And uh, <laughs> so it was the early to mid nineties. It was actually just after we started playing fantasy football, probably because Prior to that, I used to go to Platteville and go to their training camp, and I would I'd spend a week there. I, I probably did that two three years in a row, where I'd spend a week there. And then about two years into Dave Wanstad, I called up one of the local radio stations. I said, I just can't do this anymore. I mean, this guy is a bozo. He doesn't train them to win. He's just training them. Hey, go out there, do your best type thing, you know, <laughs> which I expect that out of a, a you know peewee football team, but not a professional sports team. And, uh, at that point, yeah, it I'm was like, pretty bad. Yeah. I'm like, screw this. I'm not doing this no more. And I switched alliances to Denver and never turned back. And that was, uh, you know, either Terrell Davis's rookie year or second year in the league. And they had still had John Elway there. And, and again, I just, I never turned back. Right. No, I remember that. Yeah. So, uh, you have anything else to add or. Well, I mean, and part of that too is, all right, so you can try to incorporate a team, your favorite team, into your fantasy team. But man, it seemed like every those first 10 years, every time I tried to have a homer pick and take a bear, 
that guy would just suck. So then when I decided that I wasn't drafting Bears anymore, well, they're almost comp- if it wasn't for local news, they would be completely off my radar. Yeah, and the thing of it is, is if, if you go that Homer route, right? I mean, you know, either you're going to go the Homer route and your team's going to suck, um, your your real NFL team is going to suck and it's not going to help you, or you're going to go the Homer route and your team is going to do great. But the problem with going the Homer route with a lot of your picks is that, you know, if if that team has a bad week or a couple of bad weeks or it just catches the injury bug or whatever, I mean, your fantasy team is screwed. I mean, you really have to diversify as much as you can. Really, your real life team is screwed and your fantasy team is screwed, man. That would just ruin the whole season. You, yeah, you got, <laughs> yeah. Diversification is the key. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you there. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else to add, uh, that is going to do it for today. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us. And uh, please don't forget to follow us on our socials and subscribe or favorite the podcast and give us a good review. Um, I can be found on Twitter at fantasy underscore Larry. Michael could be found on Twitter at domination. That's D A H M I N A T I O N. And Jim can be found at Jim Ruddle at hotmail.com. Or you could just fold up a piece of paper, light it on fire. Go ahead and let that thing fly. Don't let it on fire. Even if it says you suck, go die. That, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> you know, uh, and then um, there, you know, speaking of that, we saw a band many, many, many years ago, local band that was called Paper Airplanes on Fire. I think that's the best <laughs> name for a band ever. That's, so. that's a good team name, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, join us for our next episode where we will be discussing start-sit options for week one. Uh, We may also drop mini episodes to discuss breaking or important news that may be pertinent to your start-sit decisions or late waiver wire pickups. And then uh, from all of us, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. See you next time. Week one's here, everybody. (laughs) 